I'm Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everyone. Jen here. I just wanted to say that we did record this podcast before the Queen passed away on September the 8th which is why we don't mention it in uh, this episode at all and why we use maybe some outdated titles for some of the royals. Um, We still think it's a great episode. It's full of useful information. We hope that you enjoy it. Thanks. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Travel Mug Podcast, of course. We're happy that you're here. We hope you're having a really great summer. It, It isn't over yet, and it lasts until late September. So there. You know, get out there and enjoy what is left. Yes. She isn't over yet. Jen, I needed to ask because you have a a world expert traveler in your home now who is an international, not guest, but new resident. So how are things going with your little doggy Lucy who traveled all the way from Texas? Yes, it is good. She is a rat terrier. So sort of close to a Jack Russell terrier. Um, especially in the energy department. So she really has <laughs> speeds, which are stop and go. Oh. Uh, so I just gave her a chew to chew on when <laughs> before I came up here to record. So hopefully she stays quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same with Peter. I understand. Throw <laughs> Peter a bone so that we can have some quiet time. <laughs> I did that. We're good to go for an hour or so. All right. Well, that's awesome. And congratulations on your new addition. I love that for you. As for this week, what we wanted to do is take a journey to somewhere we've both been. And again, a bit of a beginner's guide. We aren't experts, but we both really enjoyed London, England. And we thought it would be a great opportunity to help people who are just sort of going for the first or second time and what you can see, do, et cetera. So when was your trip to London, Jen? It was on my honeymoon. So October, 2015, we actually planned our entire honeymoon around the trip to London. So yeah, we did Iceland, London, and Paris. So, but it was mostly about London. We spent a week there. Uh, how about you? What, what is your London story? My London story goes back first and foremost to 1994. So I have been three times. So I traveled there with my grad grade 12 trip, which was a lot of fun. I was also there in February of 2008 with Peter and a couple of friends. Um, And then I went back again with a girlfriend for a 40th birthday trip in June of 2016. At which time I also attended celebrations on that trip for the Queen's 90th birthday, which had been in April of 2016, but they did the big celebration while we were there in June. My friend is a huge royal fanatic, so that was partially planned around that as well. So yeah, no, I've been there at very different capacities in my life, I have to say, (laughs) right from a student on upwards. So let's dive in though and talk about some things to consider for your trip, where you should go what you should do, et cetera. So Jen, maybe we can start with like some fundamentals, like where to stay. Yes. Let's talk about where to stay. And as we always say, it depends on what you want to see and do. So for families, first time visitors, specifically the Mayfair area, because of its proximity to Hyde Park, Green Park, Buckingham Palace, Big Ben, and Westminster Abbey, 
that's a great place to stay. Some other great places for tourists are the West End, Westminster, Soho, Kensington, which is where Megan and I have both stayed. So there's tons of areas and places. We'll talk about getting around in a little bit, but look at the things you want to do. See what's around, what's close. Getting around by the tube is pretty convenient. So yeah, we stayed at Earl's Court Studios. I went to look it up. I, I'm i pretty sure we booked it on Hotels.com when we went. It's not there anymore, but it's on Expedia. Not really sure what's happening there. I couldn't even find their own website anymore. So not sure. Anyway, it was an amazing place to stay. It was a really great location. The Earl's Court tube station was like just around the corner, which could take us basically where we needed to go, but we were able to walk to a lot of things. We chose the location specifically because of how close it was uh, to Stamford Bridge, which is where Chelsea FC plays, which is why we were <laughs> going to London in the first place was to see right. the game. Uh, and we knew that we would be in that area a lot. So I really liked it. And I know it was very close to where Megan stayed. I know I could have probably thrown a rock and hit you. (laughs) I know. And it was only a year later. Yeah. So yeah, my last time in England in 2016, we stayed at the Best Western, the Boltons, London, Kensington. It's a very long name. It was reasonably priced. The room wasn't huge or anything. Small European room, two single beds. That's really all we needed. And that was fine for us. Uh, breakfast was included. It was a really great breakfast. So that was a big deal as well, especially in an expensive city. And like I said, it's a cute, safe neighborhood too bright away from anything we wanted to see and like highly recommend. So it's best Western, the Boltons, I really would, you know, highly recommend it. And it's still, a, it's still out there taking reservations. So <laughs> I would definitely recommend it. That's amazing. Yeah, we had a kitchen. So that was a really nice addition because we we didn't eat out a lot, as we'll talk about, but it was it was a really great place. And I don't know what happened to them, but if you can find them, I would stay there. You enjoyed it. All right. Let's dive into the the meat of the episode, which is what to do and the must-sees in London. There's a lot of things to do in London, as you may learn. But let's start with Buckingham Palace. How can you not start with Buckingham Palace? So what can you do? The changing of the guard ceremony, totally free to watch. It happens daily in June and July and on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays the rest of the year. I think the time is around 11 a.m., but that can change. It's 10.45-ish or something. Yeah. I think okay. I saw. Check somewhere else. Rather than with us for the times, because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we confirm that before you plan to do it. Yeah. For 10 weeks in the summer, you can actually go into Buckingham Palace. The tickets cost about 30 pounds per adult, which oh. is a bit expensive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the rest of the year, you can visit the Royal Muse, which is where the like carriages are. And it's like old horse stable type thing. It was really cool. We did that. You can also go to the Queen's Gallery and see some of her art collection, which was closed when. Oh, cool. Hmm. Well, you got to see part of it anyway. (laughs) And did you watch the ceremony? I did not. We missed it. Did you watch it? I did on my grade 12 grad trip. Yes, we definitely watched that. And I mean, it's one of those things that like, it's not like, 
you know, enthralling necessarily. It's pomp and circumstance. Glad to say that I did it. Don't get me wrong. Like it's yeah. cool to, to see, but seeing once is great. Small children may not, you know, love it, but it was, it was cool to see, I guess, as, as an, a grade 12 student, I was like, cool. Let, cool. Where, where to next? <laughs> <laughs> where to next indeed, Jen? Where to next on our list is Westminster Abbey um, in the center of London. So it's been hosting every coronation since 1066. Oh and it's the final resting place for great kings, queens, poets, musicians, scientists, politicians, all kinds of people. It's a beautiful, beautiful cathedral. You can tour it Monday through Saturday for 25 pounds per adult. Buy the tickets in advance. That's going to be a common theme throughout this entire episode. If you can buy tickets in advance, just do it. (laughs) Yes. There are other exhibits that cost extra or shorter tour options. So there's the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Galleries. There's an abbreviated tour called the Highlights. We did the tour with, you know, like self-guided with the headphones and the little thing. It was really cool. It's very beautiful. I really enjoyed doing it. You can also attend a service if that's something you want to do on Sundays. They have times and details and stuff on their website there. Cool. I didn't do it on my last trip. I'm sure I probably didn't do it on my second trip. So if I did, it was grade 12 and I don't remember, but it's, I mean, I've seen it with my eyes and it is, it's, it's even worth just if you happen to be in the area, but that's not your thing because yeah. it isn't everyone's thing. It, it's still lovely to see. Mm-hmm. All right. Where to next? All right. Big Ben. I mean, it's a big clock essentially, right? It's located at the North end of the houses of parliament in Westminster, central London. It recently underwent a four-year renovation that just wrapped up in 2021. It's really an iconic landmark, if nothing else. It's beautiful to take pictures of, you know, worth seeing one of those things with your own eyes, kind of like the Mona Lisa. It's cool to like see it with your own eyes. Now, question is, can you go up inside of it? Well, Yes. However, (laughs) it's a couple of stipulations. You need to either be granted permission from a local member of parliament, Mm -hmm. if you know any, you know, offhand, or you need to be a resident of the UK. So even for those lucky folks, it's usually a six months in advance waiting list. And you do have to be able to climb 334 steps unassisted. So suffice to say, we may never, never be able to go inside. Uh, Like the commoners that we are, we'll just admire it from afar. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a member of parliament listening right now and they want to invite us up. (laughs) I mean, they just elected a new prime minister today. so They might be busy. (laughs) Maybe they've got time for us. What do we know? (laughs) I don't know. All right. More royal stuff. There's a lot of royal stuff in London. Kensington Palace, the birthplace of Queen Victoria, home of Wills and Kate, Duke and Duchess Mm -hmm. of Cambridge. So the part of the palace that you get to visit is basically a museum. It's really interesting if you are into royal history at all. It's 20 pounds per adult. Buy tickets online, book a time slot, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. All those things. The gardens are really beautiful. You can visit those for free. They have kind of also changing things going on in there. So when I went, I got to see gowns of Princess Diana, which were really cool to see. Long gone now, seven years later, but it was 
it was really cool. Yeah, I was there in 2008. I think there was some kind of art exhibit when I was there. So yes, they do change out the things that you can see there. So yeah, I think that one's worth it. I enjoyed it. Next off to the London Eye. So again, buying tickets in advance is key. So you don't have to wait in line to literally buy a ticket. And it's actually recommended by the website to buy in advance. So not just from us. You know, you've heard the drill from us too many times. The website says to do it. The only thing I found with the London Eye, which is essentially big gondolas on a Ferris wheel that offers really great views. It does cut into any spontaneity because you do need to purchase tickets in advance. So yes, of course, waiting in line to buy a ticket, that's not fun. So there's a definite advantage to doing so, but also you really just have to make sure you build your day around your ticket time. So the rest of your day sort of depends on when you have to be there. I did enjoy the ride though. I've done it twice now. It's relaxing. There's really great views of the city. The second time when I was there in 2016, it was raining. So a little bit of break from the rain. A standard ticket these days will cost you around 32 pounds. A fast track ticket, which allows you to skip the line as you wait to board, apparently, is around 51 pounds. So it really isn't a cheap excursion, especially if you're a family. So that's really something to take into consideration because it won't be cheap. Sure, it's lovely, but do you need to do it? But I I did enjoy it. Did you guys do the London Eye? No, we didn't do it at all. And I I have a fear of heights. So I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And I felt like it was one of those things that was expensive for what I was going to get out of the experience. So we skipped it. That is very fair. Where are we off to next? We are off to Trafalgar Square, often seen as the heart of London. So it's basically a public square. It's a really good jumping off point. There's a lot of things to do in the area. So like the National Gallery is there. There's like fountains. There's street performers. Nelson's Column. I'm sure you don't know what I mean by that, but Once you see a picture, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. It was built to commemorate Vice Admiral Horatio Nelson's decisive victory at the Battle of Trafalgar. Of course. Right? There are four bronze lions, and they are made from the French and Spanish ships that were defeated in the Battle of Trafalgar. Burn! Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, they were a controversial addition, but I can't imagine them not being there. Yeah, it's a lovely spot of the town, especially on like a sunny day. The fountains are so pretty. I really love it with the National Gallery in the back. I think it's a really, really nice area. Good place for people watching. It is indeed. It is indeed. Now, my biggest tip, I would say something I love about going to London is going to the theater. So the theater district is near Piccadilly Circus and Trafalgar Square. It's a busy area with lots of energy, but also somewhere you have to keep sort of your belongings close to you as you walk about. But honestly, that's advice for any city, really. Uh, The closest subway station is actually called Piccadilly Circus. Um, And also you could go to Leicester. I don't know, someone out there, correct me, square, although it would be a bit more of a walk for that one. During my grade 12 trip, we saw two plays. One was completely performed on roller skates. I loved it so much. It was called Starlight Express. And the other one was Miss Saigon. And then in 2016, I saw The Play That Goes Wrong by Henry Lewis, which was really amusing. We were like front row. It was awesome. And then a tip I want to give people as well is 
we wanted to see on our last night, another show when we were there in 2016. So honestly, we just picked one, went for showtime, hoping to get tickets and scored some last minute seats. So it's always worth trying that. We saw another Henry Lewis one, which was the comedy about a bank robbery. Both were really enjoyable. And it's really random and weird that I love the theater in London, but Broadway does not entice me. So I don't understand and I don't know. Maybe it feels more exotic. I have no idea, but I I freaking love it. <laughs> I can't even. I'm a mystery wrapped in a riddle. Okay. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. Thank um, you. Okay. I I haven't been to a show in London. I've been to several on Broadway, which apparently according to you is inferior, but I loved them. So <laughs> I have been to a Broadway show as well. And I mean, I, we know I fell asleep, so I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know either. Yes. I would love to see a show in London. That's definitely something that I would put on my list for my next. Visit. Yes. All right, Jen, what's up next since this mystery, we need to get away from it. So <laughs> where should we ever make sense of it? It'll never make sense. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's head to the Tower of London, which was one of the highlights of my trip to London. So parts of it were built in the 11th century by William the Conqueror. It's been extended and added to numerous times. King Edward I expanded it to basically what it is today. It's served as an armory, treasury, prison, home of the Royal Mint, public record office, home of the crown jewels, and more. It's been very busy. Many, many things. We spent so much time here. Like, I think we were here over four hours. We did the tour given by the Beefeaters, which runs every 30 minutes. We just kind of happened to walk in as one was starting. We're like, oh, this is perfect. But I would plan to do one again. The Almond Warders, the beef eaters, as you would call them, they live in, they still live there. They live inside there and they are the guards. They look after the towers and the ravens who live there because legend has it that if the ravens leave the tower, the kingdom will fall. And so the ravens live there and they've clipped their wings so they don't leave. That's so... (laughs) So the irony of that is the, the, I guess the kingdom will never fall because the ravens just simply can't fly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can fly, but not far. Apparently. It's very (laughs) strange, but there were ravens when I was there. All right. All right. Another mystery we'll just leave alone. Yep. All right. Well, there's some bridges there. I don't know if you've heard. I have. So Tower Bridge and London Bridge along the Thames. So London Bridge gets all the hype. However, Tower Bridge is the real beauty. So if you can only see one, I mean, I would choose Tower Bridge. It's cool to walk through. Part of it has a glass floor, if that's your thing. Some people don't enjoy glass floors. If you just want to walk across, it is free. But if you do want to see the glass floor and like the steam engine room, which we did on our last trip, you do need to buy a ticket. However, you know, you should also walk across London Bridge. It is free to do so. You can say that you did it if that's also your thing. And they are located in different boroughs. So just plan accordingly if you do want to do both. Mm-hmm. We had planned to do Tower Bridge, but then we took too long at oh. London and then it was closed. So sad. Next time. Next time. Mm-hmm. All right. Museums. There are so many museums. We actually love museums. And the fact that London had so many and that they were free 
is amazing. So we visited the Natural History Museum, the Victorian Albert Museum, the Tate Modern Museum, the Royal Muse, and the British Museum. Hard to pick a favorite, honestly. We had a really good time. I did really like the Natural History Museum, although it's a little bit similar to the Museum of Natural History in New York. Right. Uh, Victorian Albert Museum was really cool too. I went to that one actually. Yeah. I know I'm not a museum-y person, but I did enjoy it very much. We did. We were very briefly in the British Museum and I don't even know if we could still find this, but it was Rick Steves and it was like a podcast thing. I okay. think. And he, it was basically an audio tour and it took you to like 11 highlights of the museum. Like we had very little time to do this museum. We were fitting it in the morning before the game at Stanford Bridge. So we just like went in and hit some of the highlights and then got out. So it was really cool. If I can find it, I'll link it in the show notes, but it's been like seven years. So I don't know if I can find right. it. I also wanted to mention before we move on though, that I also enjoyed the British library. Um, seems very random, but my friend took me and down in the basement, there's like tons of archives of, of like original sheets of music from the Beatles, like really cool, cool things can be found as well at the British library. So I would recommend that as well in terms of like, quote unquote, under the museum umbrella. Now, of course, there's so much to do there, but we don't want to spend the entire episode talking about all the things you can do because really the possibilities are endless. But I did kind of come up with a running list of just a couple other like quick tips of things you should do. So here's a quick list. Pause if you need to. But I would suggest a few things. So grabbing a drink at the famous Savoy Hotel so posh, so fun. I also recommend doing a proper tea time at a proper tea house. I went to Soho's secret tea room. I don't understand why it's secret because I went there and I found it. So I don't know, (laughs) but it is above the coach and horses tavern. It was awesome. I loved it so much. If you are a Canadian visiting, I recommend going to Canada House. Every province has their own room within Canada House, and there's a cool beehive on the roof as well. You will need your passport to visit, so don't forget that. Uh, Grab a bite to eat at Fortnum and Mason. It's a really high-end grocer. I had a coffee and a piece of cake. Jack the Ripper walking tour did that last time I was there. There's so many parks and green spaces. We didn't even really touch on that, but there's just a ton. So if that's your thing, definitely look those up. Uh, The London Transport Museum. If you love trains or transportation and the history of it, that's a really great place to go. And then finally, the Covent Garden Market. It's a large outdoor farmer's market with 20 plus uh, restaurants in it. I was there and I had lovely drink of Pims and a lovely meal. It was wonderful. So those are just some like extra things I wanted to throw out there that we, of course, didn't have time to get into. But those are some fun things that I've done before that I loved. Yes, there's so much. I do want to actually give a special mention to the Brompton Cemetery, which seems like a weird addition. But we walked through it numerous times because it was the fastest way to get from our hotel to Stamford Bridge. And at the time in 2015, they were raising money to restore it. And so now they have. So it is a cool place to kind of stroll through. And if you happen to be going from Earl's Court to the Stamford Bridge, it's a nice little walkthrough. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's a ton of information in terms of like 
what you, you know, should see or do. But the next question is like, how do I get there? So Jen, why don't we talk a little bit about the best way to get around London? Get around. So the London Underground, aka the tube, is pretty easy to use in our opinion. So it's divided into nine zones. Zones one and two are most of the touristy attractions. So you will need to get an Oyster card so you can load money on it and then you just go. We picked up ours at the airport before we took the tube from the airport to go to our hotel. Um, They were super helpful at the airport and kind of helping us learn how to use it and the tube. Hop on, hop off. You know, we love the hop on, hop off. Great way to get around and get your bearings. I will mention, actually, we bought the London Pass when we went to London for two days, which included entrance to a lot of the attractions that we talked about. And then it also included the hop on, hop off for one day. So I love that. Look into the London Pass if you're going, because like a lot of the places we said were kind of expensive for like a one-time entrance. And so if you're planning on visiting quite a few of them, it's probably worth getting the London. And then foot, use use your feet, walk around. We walked a lot. Yeah. And Google Maps now is obviously super up to date. It's a, it'll help you really get around. And another thing you can do too, is take the tube to a place where there's like a lot of attractions in one area. And then you just walk from there. So a combination of the, of the two things I think is key. You mentioned taking the tube from the airport. We did that on our second trip. It really can be sort of a money saver as well as compared to like a taxi. So if that's something you're comfortable with taking your suitcase on the tube, I would definitely recommend it. And if I remember correctly, we actually did that on my grad trip as well. So I I think it's a great way to save money. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's talk about some food. And I'm going to need you to tell me about it because we cooked almost all of our meals. We ate out one time at a place called Gourmet Burger Kitchen. It mm-hmm. was delicious, but we were really on a budget on this trip. So that's we, fair. Yeah. That's <laughs> London is not a cheap place to visit. So if you want to do a lot of things, then you have to, you have to pick and choose what's important. And as long as you're full, that's key. Mm -hmm. Um, So pop culture is really huge in London, but eating as usual will depend on budget. Like we just mentioned, and really the types of meals you want to eat. Do you want to be walking around with like a full belly of pub food all the time? (laughs) Probably not, but it did remind me a bit of Halifax in that a pint and some pub food were readily available. I do recommend the mashed peas. I'm not even a mashed peas fan. I'm not a pea fan, but, (laughs) and there are some really great spots. You can go and buy ready to eat food, which I think is is, you know, really the way to go, whether you're on a budget or you just need something fast and you don't want to do a sit down meal. And you can get those at places like Tesco, Sainsbury's, and also Marks and Spencer as well. So you don't want to blow that budget on food if you have one. So it's a really great way to go. Also reserving a hotel with a breakfast included could also be a great way to save money. And you can either, you know, shove some fruit or granola bars if they have them from breakfast in your bag. Go about your day. And there are, of course, many options for like fine dining. And also, like I've mentioned on the a podcast previously talking about food, finding a great spot for Sunday dinner, such as the one I had at the London Marriott County Hall near Westminster Abbey, actually. It can be a really fun dining experience. We had the time, so we like 
were there for an hour or two. It was lovely. Another restaurant, which was smaller, but near our hotel where we grabbed a bite. And I'm really not, I don't eat a lot of Indian food, but it was an Indian restaurant called Masala. And I would highly recommend it. Again, people might hear that and be like, what? But I'm not an Indian food expert. And it was, I I loved it. It seemed like a family run business and it was highly enjoyable. So you can go, of course, like anywhere from like high end to the grocery store and everywhere in between. When we were there in 2008, we actually ate a lot at a place called, literally called Eat, E-A-T. That's all it was called. And I actually Googled them for the episode, but they closed down all of their UK locations in 2021. So RIP to them for the UK. But yeah, there's lots of options and it's according to your budget and what you're looking for. Yeah, I think in 2015, when we went, I definitely had a different approach to like planning travel. And I don't think I looked up like any restaurants, whereas now I would do research beforehand and find stuff that was in our budget and in our food tastes. I love Indian food. So yeah, I want to try this. Indeed. I have some pictures. I'll try to, if if I have space, I'll try to include it for the social media. <laughs> Delicious. Mm. All right. So London is great. We love London. Yes. However, it's also a really good jumping off point, especially because if you're from Halifax or Nova Scotia, like we are, we have a direct flight from Halifax to London, and then you can kind of spread out and explore a little bit. So Megan, where did you go? Yeah. And I think I probably didn't travel like this prior to meeting Peter. So he's very much, where can we go from here kind of person. So if you are open to that opportunity to visit places outside of your main destination, it's a great travel hack, honestly, to be able to see more places than just that one city. So we were able to go online and book ahead of our trip. And we booked a bus tour. It picked us up from our hotel. This was in 2008. It was a really horrible hotel. I don't remember the name and I wouldn't recommend it, but I digress. <laughs> um, we were on, talk about a budget. That hotel was on a budget. <laughs> Luckily, the tour was lovely. So we went to Stonehenge, Bath and Winchester. We had a guide with us on the bus. Obviously, she spoke both English and Japanese, which was honestly fascinating to listen to. I'm like, speak more Japanese. I love to listen. And we drove through the countryside. We headed to the first incredible stop, which was, of course, Stonehenge. It's a marvel. I highly recommend. On the way back, we stopped at Bath, where we did a quick guided tour. Then we had some time on our own to explore, which was great. And we grabbed lunch. We then headed to Winchester, which was one of the most memorable moments of the trip because we went to the Winchester Cathedral and the choir was practicing. Oh, the acoustics literally brought tears to both of our eyes. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. It was just, it was so awesome. Something to keep in mind though, with that kind of tour, and I'm sure it was probably the same for you, is it's a very full day. Mm -hmm. So we left before 8 a.m. We arrived back, it was dark, but it was worth it. And there's lots of great options I checked, you know, prior to the episode still to be able to book those kind of tours online, just ensure it's a reputable site and check reviews, not only on their site, but also in a secondary location as well. And just to quickly mention, we didn't do it, but we have friends who visited London. They also took a bus and went to Wales and Cardiff. And then they also took the train and went to Brussels for the day. So there are so many other side trips you can take from London if that's 
your thing. What did you guys do? Sure. We also took a bus tour similar to you. Ours was the Greyhound. So we did Salisbury, Stonehenge, and Bath. So our first stop was at Salisbury, where we took a, a tour of the Salisbury Cathedral. And we got to see one of the four remaining copies of the Magna Carta, which was really cool. And then we did the same as you, Stonehenge, and then finished the day in Bath. I loved Bath. Like the Roman baths were really cool, like that part, but also the town was adorable. And I I wished we had more time there. So I think Next time we go back to London, we'll probably go on our own, spend maybe a couple of days just in Bath. I'm sure that there is a like train or more publicly transportation option. I'm I'm not sure to Bath instead of taking like a bus tour. Um, But yeah, it was, it was really fun and it was nice to get out of the city for, uh, you know, some time too. Yeah, no, I agree. It's nice to sort of see the countryside. And and now, even, even now, we travel in a lot less big cities, it seems like. So it, it's really nice to sort of take a break from that and see sort of some nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, this has been a lot of info. So we thought we would end the episode with just some like fun facts, you know, things you might not know about the area. So what do we have up first gen. All right. So Big Ben, which we talked about earlier, what we think of Big Ben is not actually Big Ben. Big Ben is the name of the bell. (laughs) Yes. The structure is the clock tower, which like, bleh. So Big Ben sounds so much more (laughs) interesting, but it is funny that we're we're all calling this tower Big Ben when that's not actually its name. Who knew? All right. I guess everyone now. <laughs> That's what we all know. Yeah. Next up, black cab drivers. So the taxis that you see everywhere, the, the famous London black cab. So the drivers are actually tested. So there is a difficult test called the knowledge. So where they literally have to memorize every single street in London. It, it's my mind is like blown even when I consider it. So when I was there in 2016, my friend actually asked our cab driver about it. And it is a true fact. Some even walk the city to try to remember everything that they've experienced on foot. So can you imagine like trying to remember every, you know, street and side street and alley in London and then writing a test about it anyway? So, I mean, it's really comforting to know that they really know the deal. I mean, they know where you're going, regardless of what you say, but I can't imagine having to take the test. I don't even know every street in Liverpool, Nova Scotia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. There's no need to, I guess, unless you're opening your own black cab taxi. Yes, but oh my God, I can't even imagine. (laughs) All right. Next fun fact. Do not feed the pigeons in Trafalgar Square. It is banned. Oh, banned. Apparently there used to be thousands of pigeons there and then feeding them was banned in 2003 and a hawk was brought in to keep them away. Apparently it worked. There are a lot less pigeons. That makes me happy because I don't really like birds that much. So, well, not like large groups of birds make me very nervous. Wow. The little (laughs) dribs and drabs of who you are just spills out into this podcast sometimes. (laughs) I mean, yes, I can see like, I don't want to be like surrounded by a large group of birds either. So I, I get what you're saying. I love, I love, I love birds, but large groups would be scary. Yes. That's why a movie was made about them, I guess. I don't know. 
as we've already talked about, and even only mentioned a few, London has over 170 museums. You could spend an entire trip, a long trip there, just going to museums. So they're both, of course, big and small. The city's full of culture, and there is a museum for nearly everything, including one just for like fans, you know, like that you fan yourself with. That's in Greenwich. So if you're just really into fans, head to Greenwich, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. Yes. So literally something for everyone. Last Mm -hmm. fun fact, London is the smallest city in England. Really? You heard that right. The mega city that we think of as London is actually greater London, while the city of London itself is a small portion of greater London. So (laughs) London itself only has a population of 9,123 people, making it the smallest in England. Wow. Weird. Great one to end on. No one would think that. I get it, but no one would think that. Right. Nobody. All right. Well, that's all that we have for this week. This beginner's guide to London has made me want to book a trip to London. I know. Thanks for listening to the Travel Mug podcast as always you can find us on our website travelmugpodcast.com facebook instagram at travelmugpodcast support the show on buy us a coffee or buy me a coffee i guess it's technically called similar to patreon not quite patreon you'll get some fun bloopery things there might be one or two from this episode i don't know (laughs) maybe Consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They make our day. Share the show with a travel-loving pal, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.